Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Right. Welcome to the uh, No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 33. We haven't checked, so I don't know, but I'm sure it is. It seems an age ago since we did the last one with Dan. Um, here is your host, or say host. I'm going to say host, actually, because I'm the only complete and utter 100% regular person here. So I'm going to take that title and run with it. Here's your host, Brett Hadley. Um, you may know me as Brizzle Hadley. And I have with me, Paul C. Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day, mate. Depends um, when it goes out. Yeah. Um, that would be good morning, I'd imagine, because it should get would released. Be good morning on uh, every Monday morning. So, um, just just on this, actually, Paul C. Um, obviously, we had Heather, uh, Heather Doherty, Doherty, who wanted to know what your surname was. So, are you willing to uh, release it yet to everyone so they can hear what your or know what your surname is? Well, if we were on the the but the our no nonsense nutrition page, I guess you'd have read the the post. I did, I tried to say it wasn't that exciting. I don't because it's not. It's she, just she didn't actually say what it was, did she? She just said no. Oh. No, she didn't say what it was. She no, she said, said she she said oh, I've worked it out or I've seen it or something. Oh, did she? I didn't see that. I think she did. Yeah. Oh, maybe I've imagined it. I thought she said something like oh, I've, I've like she said what is it, Paul? And then she gets commented later to say. Um, of like, oh, I've now I've seen it or something like that. But you know, I don't, I don't think Heather actually said what it was. No, it's nothing exciting. It's just cocker. <laughs> oh, just let the cat. Out so there you go. Get it out there. Yeah, yeah I'm just. Let's tell the listeners. Old cocker. <laughs> tell the listeners what it was like growing up with that surname. Well, yeah, there you go. See the having obviously a phallus in my name. <laughs> Um, it was a tough. It was a tough school school time. I had to defend my honour a lot. Um, but no, and actually, the the real reason why it's poor C on things like Facebook is that is because I was I'm so bad with technology. When I came to write my name in the thingy, I just thought it, it that wouldn't be my main sort of name showing up. I don't know why I wrote C. I've just always been known as Mr C to friends and close people and just so it's just stuck okay good. so it's not that exciting it's just there's cock in it i think it's pretty exciting but there we go so today we wanted to talk about something that was inspiring from one of the um uk personal trainer groups on facebook so um it's basically a lovely little community that is full of it's in its thousands now isn't it uh the ukpt's group i think it's in thousands yeah, of um, yeah, of obviously UK-based personal trainers, although I'm sure most of them aren't. I'm sure there's a ton that aren't UK-based because um, it's World Wide Web, you know, interweb stuff, so you can't really please that, I suppose. Not that this is even relevant, and I am just rambling, but who cares? So um, just essentially, I suppose, we wanted to take this opportunity to have a little bit of a rant. So it might be a bit of a ranty episode, but basically about the, the level of competence of people in this group now that might sound really arrogant um i hope not because it's not meant to be but there are some dumbass questions asked in that group right there are yeah definitely some I think some, yeah some dumbass not only dumbass i think that's not really why we want to rant that it's the reason why to rant is because 
there's a lot of negligent uh, types of guidance and information being given out, not only to other personal trainers, where obviously then get spread across their client base, but they're obviously practicing in certain ways to their own client base. So I guess we want to just talk about maybe like the scope of practice of a personal trainer um, and nutritionists. So, you know, not just, just PTs, but nutritionists as well. Um, I guess we'll, we'll maybe cover a bit of that. Uh, and just a little bit carrying on maybe from last week. So we had obviously Dan, Big Dan Mac, uh, Big Dan Mac Fitness on to talk about online coaching. But maybe we'll just cover a little bit that kind of touched on that nicely around what maybe a good coach and a bad coach uh, might look like or what you can look out for. Sound good? Sound good, Paul? Yes. So how excited does he look? If, if, only, if, if only you lot were seeing this on YouTube and seeing how excited this man's face is. <laughs> He's so happy. I'm very um, excited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, I tell you what, let's start. Right. So uh, UK PTs, although this is now obviously ending as such, but UK PTs have always, but not, not the group as in actual UK based personal trainers, were always governed uh, by the... Um, uh, register of exercise professionals so reps yeah um so they kind of uh, provide insurance for or provide insurance for, for uk pts and, and basically govern what they should and shouldn't do to a certain extent now it is a bit uh lackluster um and there isn't a lot of regulation probably the best word in terms of oh yes there is this uh, body that's supposed to be doing stuff but do you actually know of anyone that's ever been kind of regulated in some way by them i don't yeah, no one's coming out checking up on people, are they, really? No, no. So um, take that as it will. However, there is uh, some stuff on their site which explains, so kind of like an official statement, which kind of gives them an overview of what um, level three personal trainers should and shouldn't do. So um, maybe I'll start reading some of it. So um, where are we? So like uh, as an example... So level three personal trainers should not provide prescriptive nutritional advice or develop bespoke individualized nutrition plans for clients. So by that meaning scripting out like a dazed sort of menu of what to eat and having people sort of stick to it through whatever means fear of letting drain us down or thinking it won't get you the best results shouldn't be doing that no so i guess like prescriptive do not give out prescriptive advice like i say so but so, like a, so a day's diet plan maybe not a day i don't know it's, it's a bit of a gray area because i guess you could say well example meals are fine um to say here is a day's worth of food or even a week's worth of food go eat those exact foods at those exact times that is not fine yeah and we probably all had those yeah. plans. I, 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 I personally haven't, but they are obviously very common in the marketplace, let's be honest. You have. No, I you, definitely have. But you enjoyed it, right? Because it was literally tuna, rice, and like broccoli. No, there were, I don't, I'm not sure if there's any tuna on it. What? So it it oh, no. put me off sweet potato for life. But oh. What did it have on it out of interest? Supplements. <laughs> Is that where it started? Get your CLA. <laughs> Stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, no, it's very, uh, wasn't a fun time. No, sure, it doesn't sound it. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, a PT should obviously give out general advice on healthy eating. 
they should obviously provide some sort of guidance but to give out prescriptive advice is a no-no. Um, to a certain extent, you would say, this, or not, probably to the same extent, not a certain extent, you would say the same for nutritionists, because obviously that is not a protected term, um, and only registered dietitians should be giving out, again, prescriptive advice or prescriptive meal plans. So, um, so right, you could say, right, when we get onto the, the late, latter end of the content, a bad coach to look out for anyone that's providing meal plans, because they shouldn't be, so... Anyway, I'm skipping far ahead. Um, yeah, so I guess obviously, like, if if people are doing that, um, and obviously, uh, I suppose another thing is like providing information or guidance or treatment for like clinical populations. Again, another thing you shouldn't be looking at. PTs, nutritionists aren't really. I mean, from a nutritionist perspective, there are obviously clinical populations you can support and help but there aren't anyone that you should be necessarily prescribing direct treatment for, um, or certainly not on your own. Like take an example, you can work with somebody with diabetes, but should you be providing like treatment for their diabetes? No, you should be providing um, healthy eating advice and um, general nutrition advice to, to help them kind of in whatever their goal is, but you shouldn't necessarily be trying to treat their diabetes. Um, Certainly without supervision of obviously a diabetic nurse or um, obviously a, a clinical dietitian, right? Yeah, the same with things like Crohn's, celiacs. Don't start overriding, uh, stepping outside your lane to try and misleading people that you can heal them in some way. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a big uh, that's a big thing, like misleading people so they can heal them. That's a huge thing because I guess. I've, <sighs> You, you see it all the time, people saying like, and obviously this is, actually maybe it's, it's worth talking about like the example that maybe inspired the, the, the topic, that the example of someone saying, right, um, I don't really want to, to hear about calories in, calories out. I want to like talk about other things people are involved in, like um, other types of um, holistic treatments. So that, that means like things like looking at hormones, I think was one of the examples given, wasn't it? Um, you know, kind of. So basically, what what other treatments or what other uh, what word am I looking for? Not treatments. Areas, I suppose, that people look at when it comes to. I think the the example was weight loss. Um, outside of kind of calories, calories in, calories out, and then you get a whole ton of people saying stuff like talking about hormones, um, treating like monitoring, treating hormones, or talking about gut health and how they kind of treat gut health with certain protocols. Um, and I guess that's the type of stuff that we're, we're talking about because a lot of these things just have like no evidence around them. So maybe let's talk about hormones then. So hormones being one of the pet peeves of a lot of us in terms of what what can you actually do to, to help treat any type of hormone imbalance, Paul? As a per, as, as a, sorry, just before you go, as a personal trainer. As a personal trainer. Or, or um, nutritionist. I well mean mainly you'd be if there's any real issues with hormones you'd be referring to doctors or correct like that. But obviously obviously the um without saying that you'll be helping them but obviously every knows a healthy lifestyle and <clears throat> obviously a, a nutritious diet affects the body in positive ways but that's still irrelevant when it comes to if there's any issues, you should be going to your first first port of course should be your doctors. And then where they send you from there is 
totally in their scope of practice, not ours. Cool. No, absolutely correct. I think that's the biggest thing is like hormones. Um, yes, they do cause like, like a, a, a hormone imbalance can have issues with things like health, obviously, but also weight loss, etc. So like it is it does like feel logical almost that you might decide to think, oh, we've got to measure and then do something about the hormones. But the problem is, is there's very little from a dietary perspective you can do to actually treat them. So what you should be doing if someone does have an issue with the hormones or you suspect, because obviously you shouldn't necessarily be um, as a PT, they shouldn't be treating, uh, sorry, testing for them, is refer out to an endocrinologist because they're experts. And obviously PTs, the, the barrier of entry, and I might be um, upsetting a few people here, I don't know whether that's, that's fair to say or not, but the barrier of entry to become a personal trainer is so very low in uh, in the UK especially. They are not qualified enough to start talking about things like hormones and how to treat them because like endocrinologists take... I don't know, like a decade to get qualified. You know, they go through, um, obviously, A-levels, university, doctoral school, and then other stuff to obviously then become an endocrinologist. So to think that you can do that by, um, I don't know, doing a six-week online course or, you know, there's a, a, a famous guy that has his own testing course where you can, um, and obviously we're not going to name him, but where you can then, uh, go and become a practitioner of his and then he advocates again things like measuring hormones and, and treating for them yeah exactly i mean we these were sort of you'll find weekend courses and stuff that in not just nutrition sort of side and lots of things that will then class you as qualified to, to, to sort of then look out look out for other people or sort of diagnose things and that's obviously nonsense um, obviously, we un, sort of have an understanding. I'll, I'll go as far as to say, sort of the basic understanding of how hormones affect bodies, but we're in no way, shape, or form in the or have the sort of understanding that doctors and endocrinologists have. So that's a, that's the sort of scary thing is that people are then saying they can sort of heal or oh, it blame things on the hormones, but then we can fix it with this. It's just it's a worrying thing, and people obviously are looking for for sort of solutions. And when they've been struggling with things, people tend to buy into things. And it's just a kind of one of those things that sort of grinds my gears because people want help, and there are some people out there that would take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. I think like um, one of the my my, my issues with it really is obviously people. Um, what am I trying to say? So people really kind of like almost make it sound as though they know exactly what they're talking about. So it's almost like that that saying of a little bit of science or a little bit of knowledge is can be dangerous because obviously they kind of talk about things which you then go in your head, well, that sounds logical. Like the example of like, oh, well, um, you eat carbohydrates, say, and you spike a hormone, insulin, and then that insulin is a storage um, hormone. And then therefore, obviously, the extra all the calories that you have is... Uh, then stored by the insulin into into cells, and you think, well, that sounds logical. But then, yeah. what what you think? Well, uh, you know, okay. So, what do we do? Oh, well, if you uh, avoid all foods that spike insulin, you can't store stuff. Mm-mm. Okay, again, that sounds quite logical. Okay, so what spikes insulin? Carbohydrates. So just avoid all carbs. And then, obviously, if they do that, they end up um, 
going into a calorie deficit potentially because they've taken out an entire food group and not replaced it with something else. And then, whoa, bingo. It's almost like they've um, self-fulfilled, uh, self obviously, that kind of like prophecy because obviously they believed, they believed insulin. They'd cut out carbs. They've lost weight. All of a sudden, boom. Like, oh, it must have been the insulin. And actually, they didn't realize they'd just gone into a calorie deficit. So obviously, the way it's explained, it can be quite dangerous because obviously, all of a sudden, you've created a potentially a bad... Um, relationship with food, carbohydrates specifically, you put someone off carbs and because they're now scared that that is the thing that's causing them to to gain, to gain weight almost or, or to not lose weight. And then what happens when weight plateaus, um, they can't cut any more carbs, they're lost without any education what to do. And then they just go around in circles. They, they end up, inevitably end up eating carbs, probably go back into a calorie surplus, put on more weight and they blame the carbs. So it's kind of that type Ooh. of scenario where it just blows me, uh, blows my mind completely. So Yeah, or you can blame it on your hormones. Or yeah, exactly. Oh, it's it's the hormones. It's you know mad, really. Mm. So, um, what I mean, I guess like um, we've given hormones a a good Roger in there. There, I say it. What 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 other things? I guess like in terms of scope of practice, do you often see PTs or even nutritionists do that they shouldn't do? So we kind of talk about hormones. Suppose we talk about diet plans. We've said the sort of the. Um, like, oh, my brain's gone dead. Um, what did we say? We said about the like split this prescriptive. So that's the word I think. Prescriptive diet plans. Um. So things like cookie cutter uh, cutter plans, I suppose, is quite a, a word we use quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, where people. So you might, if you're paying for an individual service or a service at all, people will send you a copied sheet. There you go. But that, that might have gone out to hundreds of people or whatever. If you paid for, obviously, a, a service that is meant to be bespoke or individualized to your needs. Yeah. Um, tend to kind of go down that route of shortcutting, I guess it is, in a way. Yeah. No, no, agree, agree. I guess I mean so. Let's let's talk about like what uh, maybe a good coach. So so obviously someone that doesn't uh, follow the, the, the this trend of either um, talking about hormones or kind of other kind of kooky stuff that maybe they shouldn't do. And obviously someone that isn't prescribing diet plans. What what are some of the things that obviously a good coach does do? Good coach. So what do we a little, little sort of few notes that. Um, a good coach would work to an individual's needs. They're being obviously engaging, open, and responsible because obviously they have a duty a duty of care really for their for their client. Um, they should obviously be knowledgeable. They should also be keeping up to date with any new sort of nutritional evidence or nutritional sciences that come out so they should always be sort of willing to uh, further their education where possible yeah. obviously free courses reputable courses that are available out there um, should have should be obviously willing to outsource when and recognize when they need to outsource 
or for the especially with their scope of practice it's it's a very valuable to have a coach that has a good sort of support network that they can outsource to so obviously if you're a good coach you'll build up good relationships with people that you can outsource to physios and even doctors and sort of things like that that you can go down that route um it's always quite important to have a coach that is works to structure but is not impossibly rigid so by that i mean like obviously they will structure your nutrition well training as a pt um but should it when issues arise with it say anything injuries or illness arises in with the client then they should be able, should be able to adapt to again to suit the individual client's needs not just say well no this is my it's my way you've got to you've got to stick to it you're just not grinding hard enough or you're not you're not putting in the the effort or whatever you have to be able to recognize issues when they occur or hope or even better um have foresight to see if before they occur yeah cool yeah no i'd agree with all those i think there's some some good things to look for when you're looking for i guess another thing is like testimonies i think we mentioned uh, on the last podcast with dan like some of the things as well is like find a coach which will fit in with you so um find one that either it's kind of you've seen some of the content seen some of the free stuff they put out get an idea of their personality and stuff and find someone you think you might just get on with because that's a big thing um there's no point picking a coach where you think they're a dickhead because obviously yeah. um what's you know you're never going to want to then work with them you're not going to enjoy kind of the whole process you're not going to open up to them you're not going to give enough information potentially that they need to then do their job so uh yeah that's one of the things. and then as i say just client testimonials another big thing that's worth looking at in terms of who have they worked with you know types of people that are like you or have they worked like if you're if you're i don't know um you know, you Sally from accounts, say you're Sally from accounts. You've been done Weight Watchers your entire life, or Slimming World, um, or you've been through loads of types of diets like that. You just want to lose a little bit of weight to feel good and feel healthy. Um, do you want to go to Tom, Dick, and Harry prep coach who's only ever prepped um, bodybuilders the stage kind of thing? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying they yeah. couldn't do a good enough job to, to obviously get you into your position because obviously a lot there are probably a lot of good prep coaches out there that would do an amazing job with gem pop people as well, but they might not. They might actually be so used to the type of um, rigid, adherent, uh, almost like robot-like prep type of client, which you know you give them a macro plan and they'll just technically bang it out and just get it done every day. Um, or you know, you, you then try and give that to a gen pop person, it's just not going to work. So because obviously they may not be, like, don't have the experience. Uh, you know, they may not even like a tracking method, that type of stuff. So it's worth basically thinking: do, do I fit in? kind of their avatars as we kind of use that phrase um and if not then again probably not someone you want to want to go with yeah and i think yeah you should be able to sort of if you do find a <coughs> someone that a coach that you like and like you say client testimonies are one thing it's always worth reaching out to the people that sort of if they're following them if if you see somebody regularly comments that the chances are they probably have been trained by them or worked with them you can always reach out the, the wonders of social media and just drop someone a line and say hey I hope you don't mind me getting in touch but I'm quite interested in so working with so and so how was your experience yeah it's, it's no better than getting it from the horse's mouth as it were no. I think like actually I just want to go back on one of the points you made as well about be having a structure but not being 
um, well, I can't remember what term you use, but like rigid. Impossibly rigid. Impossibly rigid, nice. Because I guess as well, that's another thing. So if a coach says, if it's so, for, actually, I'm going to go back even another stage. So before that, if you mm-hmm. go, if you go try to work for a coach and they don't offer a consultation, I'd probably say that's alarm bell straight away. If they don't, if they don't actually have a consultation process, which is more than just fill out either like a bloody type form form online or or you know they email you a document, if they don't actually have like a consultation process where they sit down and chat with you either in face to face, over the phone, um, or Skype or whatever. Then I would say like, it's, for me that would feel a bit like. Um, a bit of a red flag because I think all good practitioners should have a stage of some sort of consultation consultation period because that allows them to get to know you that allows you to know to get to get to know them and obviously it gives them a chance to demonstrate a bit of value but also I suppose um, work out really whether you can work together as well so demonstrate some value but also just say like actually we may not be the best fit or actually yeah I really feel like we could work together so if you don't have that, you know, then it feels a bit like mm, you, there's a bit of a red flag, really. Why don't they have that? And obviously, I guess it's a bit like almost a try before you buy to a certain extent as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, def- yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you, obviously, uh, in a perfect world, everybody would have sort of consultations like that. Obviously, with sort of services and stuff, if you're paying £5 for just some information into a group and stuff then obviously that doesn't necessarily always happen does it no sure yeah um, i suppose i suppose actually yeah you, i mean you're making a good point there in that if if this if the product is um marketed or aimed at a certain level i.e like you just said five pound for almost like a, a really really basic group coaching thing you're probably not going to expect the consultation let's be honest because that's going to be a, a group coaching so it's going to be generic it's not going to be that individualized but yeah, well, I mean, once it becomes sort of, you, obviously, the selling wording will normally be around or if individualized plans or individualized nutrition and stuff like that, then yes, you should be at the very least expecting a phone call or, so, or some something so the coach gets to know your background and stuff as opposed to just chucking you out a calorie to macro uh, total and saying, off, off go, uh, email me this or keep doing this and send me your weights. Yeah. front of your week or whenever send me some nudes hmm. yeah yes actually that's another red flag if they start saying send me nudes yeah don't send nudes, <laughs> don't send nudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i just so yeah to, obviously i went back a bit but so to, to back to the kind of the the uh, impossibly rigid comment so i think that's another thing so if you if you go to a coach and they've got one method one structure one plan and they don't have anything outside of that again i would say that's another red flag yeah, that's that's that sort of translate or transfers into sort of someone heavily relying on their own bias as well, yeah. which is another another sort of flag you should be looking out for. I.e., if someone says they speak to you and then they they instantly are putting you on, they're making you go keto, they're making you go zero or whatever, whatever. If they obviously they might have lost weight doing it, they might have lost weight doing that one diet, and that's fine. But to then tell every it's that one way where we all know there are many ways to skin a cat, as it were. So, yeah, beware of people who have their own very own sort of heavy bias. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 
And I think that one of the, the, the points of that uh, is if they have one structure and it doesn't suit either your preference or personality or whatever, you're not going to adhere to it. You're just not going to do it. Like, like your example there, if someone says, told me to go keto, I'd be like, yeah, but where's the pancakes? Mm. Oh, I can have keto pancakes. Yeah, but they taste like dirt. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go have pancakes. Like, you're just not going to stick to it, are you? No. No, that the sort of as we as you know the adherence side of it and the longevity of trying to see uh, see it through, it becomes inc- incredibly harder if uh, if you're having to do something that you don't overly enjoy. No, absolutely. And the thing is, there's so many approaches out there what people can do that will be they'll be able to find something they enjoy and still get good results. So it's, it's never a case that you have to do stuff unless your goal is really really extreme. There's probably never a case you have to do stuff that you absolutely hate. There might be some times where you've got to do stuff that you don't, you know, you're not particularly bothered by, or maybe a little bit of discomfort. And when I say discomfort, I mean like you, know, you might have to eat some foods you're not overly enamoured by every now and then to get some fruits and vegetables in, like especially as the leaner you get and stuff like that. But otherwise, like unless you you want to get on stage or do something where like your goal is really quite extreme, most of the time there's a, a, an approach that will suit in with your preferences quite easily. Yeah, and, and and that doesn't mean it's going to be completely unrestricted because obviously it has to be. You know, a diet doesn't work. I've said this before. I think during the week, on, uh, either this week or last week, on one of my Facebook pages, like if anyone promises you a diet completely unrestricted, then they're lying or it won't work. One of the two, because there has to be an element of restriction. Because otherwise, you wouldn't be in the position you are now. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I think that's sort of the idea of the restriction sort of. I think it's obviously sounds scarier than it is if people can kind of get their heads around that it's basically eating smaller amounts of things that they like then there shouldn't really be an issue yeah yeah the thing is like i've said this before quite often you find when people get given the freedom to have what they want but obviously with a bit of an education around um the outcome or the consequences of doing so most people do choose not to. So like an example might be take a flexible diet in, which is, you know, we've said enough times in my bias, but um, if someone says here is 2000 calories for you to use as a budget and you can use that on whatever you want. And obviously that is, that is obviously the case for dieting for, cause as you know, and energy balance is the key principle, the only principle. So you could do 2000 calories worth of Snickers bars and still lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit. So if you had 2,500 expenditure and a 2000 in the Snickers, you would still lose weight. You know, it's as simple as that. However, when you get given that freedom, you think, oh, actually, even I can, I might suffer a little bit. Um, you know, it's not going to be best for my health, but it's also not going to be best for managing my appetite, which for me is probably the one of the biggest aspects of adherence for a diet is managing appetite. Um, you tend to just naturally not choose those things. Like, I a good example would be I get, and I think that I use this example on another on one of the other podcast episodes actually. But all my family are going out for food, and I had the choice of going out and having food, um, and then so it would be a, like a pub meal, so a lot um, more calorie dense than than maybe I'd allowed, or, or you know, I still might, I think I still had the calories left, but it would have meant that I'd have then had to have restricted it somewhere else. And maybe suffered a little bit that afternoon or evening from hunger, or do you know what? I was just like, I'm not even bothered about pub food. I'll just have a drink because I would rather have the meal or the lunch I brought with me as planned, and then be able to have more later. 
that was far more satisfying because then I knew then like I didn't have to sit there thinking of oh, eating all my calories and now I'm sitting in front of the sofa on TV at night time going really want some food and this is going to be the worst four hours of my life I might as well go to bed <laughs> you know yeah doing Matt Morgan what moan no he used to just go to bed at eight o'clock when he was oh, like, right. deep in a diet to make sure obviously get rid of those hunger pangs <laughs> <laughs> dieting stress that's a good way of managing fatigue I suppose just don't be awake ever yeah. <laughs> that's sleep appetite off. yeah just sleep it off it's fine He's he's not here, so he can't defend himself. But I'm sure that's what he did. Sounds like Matt. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So um, I don't know if we've kind of done. Have we done this to death? I don't know how long this is. This podcast. Have we done this to death? Or have you got anything else you want to add to this? Kind of good, bad, um, good, bad things to look out for. I just, uh, I think obviously we've said it probably hundreds of times. If someone is trying to sell you something that's a miracle, I'm doing inverted fingers for obviously the podcast. Air quotes. Air quotes. Um, if someone's selling you a miracle cure, that's it's probably a snake, a snake oil salesman. They're probably trying to blow smoke up your butt, really, because there is there are no miracle cures. There's just the science behind there's things just, there's, like, just, there's just a calorie deficit yeah there's just an energy balance getting that right and you're on your way to victory yeah I think like just on that we're not saying that there aren't other things that can happen that can affect energy balance so take like PCOS or uh, hypothyroid or some of the clinical conditions where maybe people's energy expenditure aren't what you'd expect compared to what you'd consider and I'm air quitting a healthy individual um, it just might be harder but it doesn't defy the laws of energy balance and that's one of the frustrating things in things like the PT UKPT group what you read where people talk about it and they just think oh there's something wrong here they're not losing weight and this is like Okay, they might have a slight, have a slightly adapted metabolism compared to like a healthy individual, but they do not break the laws of physics. No, Thermodyn- exactly. Thermodynamics some, still, yeah, still they still matter. If someone um, with PCOS or a thyroid, if they don't eat, they still die. They don't. They're not Superman. Huh. They won't. The body hasn't adapted so that they just a magic. It's if they overeat in their calorie uh, energy balance, they will put on weight, fat. They will do the reverse. It's just obviously finding that working total of energy balance for them, for whatever their goal is. Mm. So it might just mean they have to eat a little less compared to like a, uh, a person without PCOSA or hypothyroid. That, but say so it doesn't change physics, as we say. And that's, no, what the, that's the frustrating thing with like a lot of the PTs out there that, just don't seem to understand that point. They think there's some magic going on, and it's just like it's not. Like, you know, they think, oh, we've, they're they're in starvation mode. We've got to bump their calories up to bump their metabolism up because they're obviously going into some sort of wind down. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's um it's just uh, obviously the energy balance isn't sexy, and we all know sexy sells. So we're going to be the unsexy podcast selling <laughs> realistic advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think again, I, I I get it. Like telling someone, oh, I've got I've got the magic answer for you. I can I can literally answer all your dreams. Just pay me a hundred pounds and I'll give you the answer. Hey, what is it? Eat less. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. 
Right, so really you want hundred pounds for that? Yes, I want hundred pounds for that. Eat less, move more. Boom, yeah. there you go. It's just mum advice. Yeah. Cool. I know. Should have listened to mums. We wouldn't. No one would have this such this issue. Well, actually, there are some feeder mums out there. I guess. Yeah. Don't. Then this is the thing, though, mate. Like, that is the answer. Like, as, I'm probably gonna get absolutely slaughtered for saying this, but that is the answer. Eat less, move fucking more. However, I will openly admit that it's a lot harder to do than that than just eat less because people don't eat for uh, kind of one sole reason. They eat for a whole host of reasons, social, social economic, um, psychological, like, and, and not physiological. There's, there's a ton of reasons why people eat and it's never that easy. You know, if it was that easy, we wouldn't have an obesity epidemic. No, exactly. I mean, the mechanics of everything are simple when they're laid out. Take kicking a ball, kicking a football. The mechanics of how it happens are simple. You pull your leg back, you swing it forward, you kick the ball, it moves forward. The actual skill in getting the ball to exact, exactly where you want it to go, obviously, takes a bit more manipulation mm. and more and sort of and practice and everything like that. The it's the same with dieting, working with people, or even dieting yourself. You obviously the the mechanics of it are basic. It's your energy balance. How you get to there can take some coaching, can take some skill, take mm -hmm. some learning. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Mechanics are there in everything. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like that's a really good point to almost end that topic on, I think, because you've, you've that analogy in a way described that is perfect. And that's why like you pay for a coach or that's why you do your own research and educate yourself because you then learn all those little different things that help you in applying that very simple basic principle exactly so yeah i think cool. we're done. i think i think that's i think that's done mate so um what's up uh next for paul cocker then in terms of um let the listeners know uh what you're up to in terms of i don't know goals progress whatever because i think it'd be useful yeah. for you know i think people want to want to hear about paul and relate so accountability. Yeah, yeah, and also um, maybe provide some accountability to something I might yeah. be hinting at. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd imagine. Well, we've been obviously, as we know, some of the boys are doing a photo shoot uh, later in the year. I kind of was undecided in it, but Brett, Brett has twisted my arm Bullied. into agreeing. <laughs> Bullied me. Wow. <laughs> Bullied me into doing it. Um, which I kind of do because I've kind of sort of with life getting in the way, sort of not uh, just taking the sort of my foot off the gas with things, I guess, at the minute. So it'd be good to get back into a structure again. So, yep, so looks like in shorts. I was gonna say, you're only human, mate, just about. You are, well, yeah, I say, other than the fact that you're an absolute hard nut, but other than that, you're only human. There you go. Yeah, we all are. That's the thing. But, that's why. That's like, why. That's why I hope people like us because I think I hope they realise we're just normal individuals. We're not. You know, you see like these robots as I as I called them earlier um, on Instagram, but else just get, like seems that like they've got everything in check and you know they're ticking off every box every day. And yes, there are a few people like that, and but they are the exception. Most people are just normal dudes and normal girls that just you know have life. Life happens. So. 
Exactly. So yeah, so it looks like we'll we'll all be well. Maybe we can twist Johnny as well. He will. He's got to. So if, all of us. He will. Let's, let's hoping. Um, yeah, let's 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 hope he can can obviously crack on, get shredded as well, like like you will be, and obviously myself, Ed, and uh, Matt, and then we'll have a, a lovely bro day. Having I think we said Nando's Nando's photo shoots and a cheeky gym sesh. Can't go mm. wrong with it. It sounds like a lovely day. And oiling. And oiling, lots of oil. So if you've got any, any volunteers that want to come to Norwich and oil up <laughs> pre shoot. <laughs> leave, that leaves a wide door open for danger. That does actually, yeah. Shit. Yeah. So we're probably have a few people gonna to want to turn up now. Um, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there, mate, I think. Cool. Um so just a big shout out to everyone um, who listens. Thank you ever so much. Thank you to everyone that's reviewed the podcast. Please, 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 if you haven't go and do another review on iTunes because it helps us get up the charts again. We keep flittering in and out um, at the, the top of the iTunes charts. Not the right top, but we keep going in and out of the charts. So um, to do that, we need new listeners to get up there and we need new reviews because they affect the ratings massively. So please, please, please go leave us a review if you wouldn't mind. We are going to rerun the protein bar competition because uh, once we put out a winner and they didn't ever claimed it, Second time, me and Ed forgot. I'm really sorry. I'm just going to take it on the chin and just say we're idiots because we forgot to actually uh, name a winner. But we will do that. In fact, we'll do it live on a podcast next time because um, we'll just do like a Wheel of Fortune thing, um, which you can just set up on the internet. So we'll sort that out live and we'll say who the winner is. So please, 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 please go leave a review. Also, share with anyone that wants to listen. If you think it's really useful, please share because, again, these new listeners. And also, go over to Facebook, type in No Nonsense Nutrition, and if you aren't already, join our group. So there's a free Facebook group. Uh, go join that. Tons of information. Free recipes in there. Ed's actually now writing a full high-protein recipe uh, ebook um, to give away for free. So go do that. And obviously, we'll also... Uh, we don't sell very often, if hardly at all, but there'll be the odd cheeky little plug around uh, services that we offer. So, um, yeah, check that out. Paul, anything yeah. I missed? Or anything you want to No, add? I think, yeah, the, the Facebook group or community is growing really nicely. It's a, definitely a place you'll be able to get some great information mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, and make some new friends yeah, and, accountability. and accountability. Because um, nice little community going on there. So um, I'm seeing there. Everyone's helping each other in terms of again ideas and support and stuff. So plenty of again. I think a lot of people love the recipe ideas or food ideas because obviously it just helps them um, if they're kind of lacking in the imagination part sometimes on food, which can easily be done. I think we as humans are very habitual, and uh, I very much am the same in that I tend to flitter around ten meals over the week probably, which is not a lot. Good job, my protein bar variety is immense addiction yeah i have a problem yeah i do have a problem but there we go right lovely to lovely to see you my friend um and we will uh see everyone soon next week yep cool see you all bye love you thanks for listening to the no nonsense nutrition podcast we'll speak to you all next week